The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Oh, it's live, pal. We're really glad that you're our friend. And this is a friendship that'll never, ever end. Everybody three count. One, two, three. One, two, Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself. Which means, uh, he's got to beat the game, uh, in the middle of the ring, uh, and he has a $2 s- for a wife, uh. You're too damn selfish, and that's why you're sitting out of the bad leg, and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the f-ing game, JR. Three ain't enough now, I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim, and intern Mark. Oh my goodness, what do we do? There's a one, there's a two. Oh! oh, wow. So make no mistake about it, this is an official declaration of war. This is what you call a paradigm shift what's up everyone welcome to three count thursday live right here on our facebook page it is thursday it is july the 23rd 2020 even though it feels like it's been about 100 years it is still 2020 baseball's back though that's a thing that's actually a thing today we are the podcast of the millennium we got tons to talk about this week including welcoming in my arch nemesis a polarizing pay-per-view and top women ever. But first, go to 3CountThursday.com, the revamped 3CountThursday.com, where you can find all of our social media links, our merchandise over at whatamaneuver.net. Oh, Tim, you were muted. Tim. Tim, you're muted. I don't have you muted. I don't... There it was. You muted everybody, and you I, didn't unmute everybody. I unmuted. Is that my fault? Did you mute everybody? No, no, no. Mute? Don't. Don't you put... I'm not that. You're the host. Don't. You tell us all the time. You're the don't. host. You're in control. Don't. Do it again. Don't. Do it again. Well, you're right fine. back. You can find our merchandise at whatamaneuver.net. What a maneuver. Thank you, Tim, for unmuting yourself. Ryan, you can... Uh, we stream daily at leebsports.com. That is... L-E-E-I-B sports.com. Thank you. Of course, our home network, though, NGSC Sports at NGSC sports.com. Uh, we have our Patreon page and everything. You can uh, subscribe to all of our shows, both the full podcast feed as well as the hot tag podcast feed. Uh, make sure you rate and review if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, all right, that's all the business. Everybody's unmuted, I think. Let's uh, let's welcome in our guest. He is the mad scientist of sports. You may uh, you may remember him from our uh, head to head battle a little bit uh, a little bit back. Here at some point during the quarantine, I don't remember what month it was, because um, every day's a, the same day at this point. Uh, but Nick Ficarelli, welcome into the show. Hey guys, thank you for having much for having me tonight. You know, I can't be considered though an arch nemesis. I mean, that's almost like saying I'm stone cold to your rock. I'm Shawn Michaels <laughs> to your Triple H. I'm uh rick flair to your dusty roads so i mean 
what do you call it? To be an arch nemesis, it would be have something that has been building for years and years and years. <laughs> well, but again, thinking about it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, welcome in. We're glad to have you. Um, yeah, it uh, it's it's been a it's been a wild week. Uh, plenty to talk about. There's going to be no shortage of topics this week. Um, want to welcome in everybody who's following along in the live video. If you are doing that, please give it a like. Please give it a share. Hell, start a watch party. Maybe get some. Uh, Get some fresh faces in here um, as well. Uh, let's see here. Um, Tim. How you doing? I'm good after I got unmuted. No, I'm, I'm great. Life's good. <laughs> Fully recovered from the trip. Sorry about the audio issues. It happened. Last week. Tried our tried my best. And then once I just saw everybody laughing about it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a point where it was like, I forget what the question asked, and your yeah lasted about 13 seconds, and it was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I was it is practicing my Matt Hardy. Yeah, it was. It was good to have. It's good to have you back, um, and back. and not at a Seven Eleven. Uh, That's very true. Ryan, how you doing? I'm really, really good, Big Jim. Uh, super excited to have uh, the mad scientist join us. I don't. I don't know if Arch Nemesis, like he said, is is right. It's more like. He's your Abe Knuckleball Schwartz to your Max Moon. <laughs> uh, that's a good analogy. That's a that's, per- that's, that's a perfect. Impressive. That is a perfect wait, 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 wait. way. Wait, one of my favorite gifts. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great way to put it, Ryan. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, and and you forgot fellow GIF lover Nick Ficarelli. Oh. <laughs> he does. He absolutely, absolutely loves those GIFs. Uh, and Matt, how you doing? Doing well. Um, I'm proud of myself that I know how, unlike apparently the rest of Three Count Thursday, to unmute myself. So, uh, points for me. And for that, I thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Didn't have to do the host job, Matt. Uh, the host did his job. It ain't my fault that you got some fancy podcasting mic over there, and and you probably muted yourself somehow. Uh, but let's jump into it. We have our. Uh, we have our weekly segment. I, I got to re my, my soundboard got got refigured out, so I'm re- oh researching God. the. It, dude, don't don't get me started. I was filling Tim in, but uh, our weekly segment. On this day. And uh, we're gonna go jump all the way back to the year before I was born, 1984. WWF held the brawl to end it all uh, match between Wendy Richter, of course, accompanied by Cindy Lauper, and WWF Women's Champion, the Fabulous Moolah, managed by Captain Lou Albano. This is the first major event in the Rock and Wrestling Connection, and the bout held at New York's Madison Square Garden aired live on MTV, drawing a 9.0 rating. Boy, wouldn't anybody love a 9.0 rating right now? Woohoo! All right, also, on this day. in 1989, WCW held their Great American Bash from the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. That arena was 100 years old in 1989, by the way. The show, which was headlined by Ric Flair's return to action against Terry Funk, after several months on the sidelines with a neck injury suffered at the hands of Funk is generally considered the first, quote, successful pay-per-view from a financial standpoint in WCW history. It was also a critical success with many saying it was the best bash card ever. Jumping all the, head, all the way ahead to on this day. 2008, Don Ostruff, entertainment president of CW, explained why the network was keeping the low-rated Gossip Girl while dropping the high-rated SmackDown, stating there was virtually no flow between the audience that watched WWE and anything else on CW. We decided the most important criteria is branding the network. 
SmackDown would move onto my network TV before landing then on Sci-Fi before working its way back through USA and now, of course, on Fox. Uh, in 2010, Randy Savage makes his final wrestling-related public appearance via video when he announced his action figure will be included in the WWE action figure line produced by Mattel. And then finally... In 2012, Raw 1000 was a television special broadcast live, of course, uh, on the USA Network in the U.S. It was the 1,000th episode of WWE's flagship show, Raw. It was held at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, The show featured five matches, a wedding ceremony, and appearances from past performers. The wedding between AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan ended with AJ leaving Bryan after being announced as the new general manager of Raw by Chairman Vince McMahon. The Miz defeated Christian, become the Intercontinental Champion. And in the main event, John Cena won by DQ in a WWE Championship match against defending champion CM Punk after cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. Um, The episode averaged 6 million viewers, Raw's highest since June of 2009. Uh, The episode also started the permanent and sometimes bemoaned three-hour format, which had previously only been reserved for special episodes. That was on this day. for July the 23rd. Uh, well, wouldn't anybody love a, a uh, six, six million uh, viewer at this point? Any show would love that at this point. Um, before we get into the pay-per-view recaps from this past week, and of course I had done my Slammiversary review, so we won't dive too deep into Impact. Um, but Tim, since this is your baby, your masterpiece... Uh, let's, uh, let's recap a little bit where we are with our greatest entrance themes ever tournament. So we are firmly into the second round, the round of 32. Uh, we are working ever so closely towards our, uh, two sweet 16, uh, where we can figure out, uh, as we get one step closer towards, uh, finding out the theme of the uh, of immortality. Um, just to recap all the matchups, reminder, you have until the end of the day, Friday. So midnight, Saturday morning, right at, basically vote after SmackDown. You're probably going to bed or you're going out and getting something to drink and you're coming back and you're going to drink and you're going to pass out on the couch. <laughs> so either way, um, get your votes in uh, the you are the link is uh, tinyurl.com slash three count round two or three CT round two um, where you can put your votes in uh, and just to go over the matchups really quick um, as we'll pass it around. But starting in the uh, Toronto regional, uh, the number one seed edge is taking on fellow Canadian Bret Hart, so Edge's team Metalingus versus Bret Hart's team Hitman. Uh, the Let Me In uh, Fiend theme taking on DX is Are You Ready? Ooh, uh, the Common Man one. Common Man Boogies taking on Catch Your Breath, uh, the Finn Balor theme, and I Came to Play. The Mrs. theme is taking on Judas. Uh, so, is there any matchup from the the Toronto Regional that uh? tickles anybody's fancy a little bit more than the others the the one i circled because i looked at at each of the four brackets and the the fiend and dx is the one that i circled like that that one is is the most intriguing although i mean obviously i i i'm curious to see how how bret hart 
how many Bret Hart loses by, I should say that. I don't see him beating Edge, but I just want to see. I just want to see how many votes he can get. Uh, but I think the Fiend versus DX, super, super intriguing matchup in that bracket. Anyone have a different thought on that matchup or on that, I on think, that bracket? I think Bret Hart um, might have a chance that he has like a, a stroke of luck or something like that. He may be able to pull out the win here. I don't, I don't know. Come on, I see man. what you did there. If you have any hardcore old school wrestling fans that are actually taking part in this poll, you might be surprised on how many people will vote for Bret Hart. I mean, I remember as a fan in the in the in the in the nineties when you heard the beginning of Bret Hart's song and the pop that he would get from the crowd, especially you know, especially in like the big arenas in New York, in the New York, New Jersey area. Let me tell you something. It was electric, electric. If you can almost say that the Brett, when Bret Hart's music hit in the '90s, would be the same as to Edge when you heard "Do You Think You Can Know Me" in the mid to in the mid 2000s until his until his retirement. It, it's very very similar to type of pop that a wrestler can get. So I have a funny feeling that to me that's going to be the closest vote. It's going to probably be on. One hand. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hit up some of my, my friends that are uh that are older wrestling fans, like my brother and some of his buddies. I gotta I gotta can I can I do that? Can I influence the vote? Is it can I campaign? Don't, don't influence campaign. You are, you are a part of the tiebreaker process. That's true. Uh, but uh definitely if you've got friends who don't necessarily listen to the podcast, but you know they're interested in theme like I know that somewhere along the line, you've gotten into a car ride or you've gotten <laughs> on a bus trip or whatever, and you've talked about wrestling themes with your friends if you're a real fan. This is us doing that, except we got a bracket. Uh, and, and you can you can join in the conversation as well. Sorry, Chronic did not make it. <laughs> um, going on to the other half of the bracket. Lou said he uh, just voted for the Hitman, so there we good go. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, carrying on to the the Victoria regional. So that's the stone cold Steve Austin placed uh, bracket. We've got stone cold Steve Austin taking on the rocks 2003 Hollywood theme. Uh, we've got the game triple H taking on pomp and circumstance. Uh, we've got the Ric Flair theme taking on a, a glorious domination, the Bobby Roode theme and a, a tough matchup, at least for me, uh, Bad Street USA taking on No Chance in Hell. Uh, so of those four matchups, gentlemen, uh, what uh, what seems to wet your whistle? We'll go to Matt. Um, I think overall the, the No Chance in Hell one would for sure, just because I think we have, that's the last McMahon we have in the fight here. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I think that one, just to see if, if we get a McMahon theme song into the Too Sweet 16. <laughs> um, I have Austin and The Rock circled because, like, I mean, can, does it get for, for for people who were children of the Attitude Era and even, you know, adults, young adults or whatever, like, is there is there any two other superstars slash themes that uh, – that that you can boil it down to and the fact that we get this in the second round is just is just banana 
I'm going to go with Triple H and Macho Man. I think think that matchup is, as Jim said, with with Stone Cold and The Rock, for this to be a second round matchup, it's just insane. I mean, I already placed my vote. Because being that I'm not part of the show, <laughs> I can take part in this. Absolutely. Uh, Everybody. Thing here. But I actually voted for Macho Man. I mean, same thing as I said about Bret Hart. When you heard Pomp and Sir Circumstance and you knew Macho Man was coming out with Miss Elizabeth or Sensational Sherry, you know, the pop, whether it was cheers or booze, was just insane. And, you know, Triple H, when you hear the game, you know, time to play the game. Bam, bam. You know, you know what's up. Yeah, exactly. You know what's up. So this to me is like the wet my whistle matchup in what I'm calling the group of death. Yeah. This this could very well be the group of death. Uh, You haven't heard the other brackets yet, but easily so far, this is a tough, it's a tough bracket. I've seen the other, okay. (laughs) So uh, the Venice Beach Regional. So this is the Real American-led bracket. We've got Real American taking on the NWO Wolfpack. We've got the Brood theme taking on Batista's I Walk Alone. We've got Unstable, the Ultimate Warrior theme, taking on AJ Styles' TNA theme, I Am. So good. And Inter Sandman taking on the classic NWO theme. Now, before uh, so- we, before we go around the room, Matt, I had, and Ryan knows about this. I had a button ready just in case, just for you, just in case Shane McMahon had won. I'm gonna hit it anyway because I didn't want my efforts to go for nothing. But if Shane McMahon had had beaten the NWO, you were gonna get this. The best in the world. It's a two-hour program. <laughs> okay, Tim, resume. Uh, so, of those four matchups, uh, Ryan, what's the uh, what's your whistle matchup? What what what's got your uh, chompers licked? This, these four is my bracket of death. This is the one that I struggled with the most, um, and I can't even believe I'm going to say how much I like Batista to really run through this. I am nowhere near a Batista fan. You guys know that through and through, but I walk alone is a, is that's a banger. I, I can't, I can't stop listening to it. It's, it's so good. Like, again, it's so that, it's good. that earworm. Like whenever, whenever Batista is that, whenever that music plays inevitably two, three days later, still going in my head. It's like, it's like, the chronic theme song, but like exactly the opposite. I just want to point out that I was actually, this to me was the shocker bracket because I really expected the undertaker to beat the NWO. Pack. I mean, I, me too, I, I man. Voted, I voted for the undertaker. And when I saw him knocked out the first round, I was like, these fans have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> and then I was actually kind of shocked 
about the four horsemen losing to the brood. I mean, again, I'm sending my age because I remember the four horsemen back in the in the in the mid '80s when it was Oli, Arn, Tully, and and Rick, you know, and JJ back then. But to me, the one that wets my whistle, and I'm actually going to call it. I think the Sandman's going to be the NWO. Ooh. Like for me, you're the the shocker of, of the of the bracket for me of this region was uh was Sandman beating Mr. Perfect. To me, I that blew me away. I'm like I like to me, Mr. Perfect is one of the best themes of all time. Um but but out of these ones, I have the the Warrior Styles matchup. Because like to me, that AJ Styles theme is I mean, is all time. It is. It is so good. But like, my fear is not enough people were into into TNA and and are are truly aware. I mean, I, there's the playlist when you go to vote. The playlist links are there. But like, if you don't if you don't necessarily have that connection to that AJ Styles theme, I, I you know, I mean, it, Warrior's a tough one to top. That's very true. Very very true. Uh, and closing out the bracket is the St. Louis Regional, led by the number one seed Voices, uh, the Randy Orton theme. It is taking on TNA Classic uh, Trouble, the Ethan Carter III theme. We've got It's All About the Money, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura's The Rising Sun. Uh, in a throwback to Jimmy Hart Classic 1990s WWF themes, it's sexy boy taking on snake bit <laughs> and uh, what a rush the Legion of doom theme taking on cult of personality. So uh, of those four matchups, what's got you guys uh, most interested? I think this is the one where we see the number one seed upset. I think that the EC three has enough of like crowd appeal that we see uh, Randy Orton's song go down. Uh, I think, of the ones in this for the toughest for me to pick is H2K versus Jake Roberts. Cause I don't necessarily like either of those themes that much. So really um, the rest of them. Yeah. H2K didn't even make, I think the top 25 that I submitted. Wow. Him being my favorite wrestler. I, I never really cared for the theme song in general. Um, but just looking at that one, the rest of them I think are, are pretty easy for me to pick beyond that one. Just, because I don't necessarily have a strong tie to either theme song. I'm actually going to go with LOD and CM Punk. Now, everybody knows about Cult of Personality, I mean, because it's CM Punk, but everybody, anybody that's anybody should know when you heard, and then the, the big guitar bang, you were like, okay, this is about to pick up. Someone's about to get their butt whooped in the middle of the ring. So, I mean, when I started doing the, my voting for this, I wasn't basing it on name recognition. I was basing it on the music going into the ring. And for me, this particular matchup, LOD, you just wanted to, like, jump out of your chair and, like, charge to the ring with them. That's how intense, you know, that is. I mean, let's think about it. CM Punk? It's a song by Living Color. It's something that was, you know, something that was commercially made back in the 90s. I mean, it was a good hard rock anthem in the 90s. 
LOD was original. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that's where some of the interesting matchups, um, I mean, throughout the entire tournament is is when you get into those, you know, it, it, you know, if it, they used a song or if it was, you know, more of a song versus a traditional entrance theme, like classic wrestling theme. Um, but uh, Charlie in the comments here um, says he thinks that the uh, CM Punk theme should should make it to the final four, which is, I think, a pretty pretty strong claim coming out of this bracket mine the, the the matchup i'm i'm most curious to see what turns out is is the randy orton uh ec3 one because like don't get me wrong i i love this randy orton theme i'm still not 100 percent sure it's even the best randy orton theme though um over what uh what burn was the, in, my burn in my life yeah are you serious? i love absolutely love that theme that's the third best at his when he used evolution as a theme that was better. Than I that. loved burning my light, but uh, EC three like trouble, trouble, trouble. Like I, I, I freaking love it. I love, I love that theme so damn much. Like I just, I want it. I want it to at least upend the the number one seed in this bracket. Jim, I love what you said. It's absolutely not the best Randy Orton theme, and for CM Punk. Cult of Personality is not his greatest theme. You have to go back to his ROH days when he used the uh, AFI. That, my friend, is CM Punk's best theme. Interesting. Interesting. See, I preferred I preferred when he used Cult of Personality after he turned uh, he turned heel in ROH. Really? Yeah, in ROH, he um, used it after he signed the the uh, WWF contract on the belt. He switched the theme. He switched it over. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's when I preferred the CM Punk because that it reminds me of the summer of Punk, which led me to the other summer of Punk for WWE. So it's it it's a lot of uh, continuity on that part, and just that's the fact fair. that WWE WWE spent the money, however much it was, to get the rights to use Cult of Personality is is a big uh, big get. They they spent the money for Metallica a couple times. But those are one-time uses. Right, I was going to say they That's didn't they didn't do call. the full like, licensing on that because if you go yeah. back and watch some of those classic WrestleManias, you get uh, heavy metal song number seven to uh, sure bring do. in Triple H to a to a WrestleMania, not uh, you know for whom the, for bell, whom the tolls bell tolls or whatever. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, never re- I never realized that until the one time I was watching an old Mania on the network. And I was like, because I'd I'd searched that one out specifically for that entrance, and then it was like, wait a minute, where's the Metallica? And I'm like, oh, they they didn't pony up the money. I mean, they didn't even keep "Ain't No Grave" either. Oh, didn't they? Now no here's here's is, the "Ain't No well, Grave" is not on the WWE Network. I don't think. Have the has anybody gone back? And I don't know how long the the licensing time is, but the Boneyard match. Have they retained the Metallica oh, songs? I on see, that. I think I think they did because of their partner. Or well, because they also used Metallica for the last ride. They did. So I think, at least for the newer stuff, that's the thing: is how long it how long is it? Because right, like a year from now, are we gonna are we gonna go we gonna watch the Boneyard match, and it's gonna have you know. This you know some random rock song on that, which would dramatically affect the uh, the the match the match for me because I, I like the fact that they used that was uh, was an extra added bonus 
to I, the uh, to the boneyard. On like DVD releases, they would be what was shown live. I think so. I think so. I think DVD releases, yeah, cover that. But be... I think the the network or any any extra um, airings would 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 fall to the the new, you know, the, when it, when the deal would run out. I mean, I know specifically for the Sandman, like on one night only DVD, it was Enter Sandman. I know the WWE ponied up then, but on the network, it's just like. You hear it, but they have the uh, the commentary just drowning out the entire entrance, which really ruined that that entrance, that moment. I mean, I don't know. That's bad I form. Pop for the Sandman. Yeah, that's bad form on 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 the commentary there. Right. Like, let it play, let the moment breathe, let the moment breathe. Um, with all that said, with all that said, go out and vote. Uh, tinyurl.com slash three ct round two. Um, in in all of that. There's a link to each of the YouTube playlists. The theme songs are in order. So even if you don't necessarily know exactly what theme we're talking about, instead of going by name recognition and the wrestler, listen to the theme because the theme that they're going up against may not be the theme you're thinking of. And so, thank you. And Tim, <laughs> Tim, that is the, the, the round two. Two is spelled out, correct? Because I'm going to throw it in the comments here. I think it's the... I'm not sure off the top of my. I can. Well, I can type it. Hold I'm gonna on. throw it in here, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see if it. Uh, if it lets me go to it, it's not gonna let me go to it. Well, I put it in there. Hopefully, it's the right one. Um, yep, yeah, it's spelled out. Okay, cool. So you have again until tomorrow night at eleven fifty nine fifty nine plus zero one to uh, to get that in, and uh, and and get your vote in for this round. And of course, as uh, as usual. We will um, reveal the next round and open the voting during Raw this mo- this coming Monday night. Okay, let's let's jump ahead um, and jump back to this past Sunday. Of course, WWE Network, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Um, not going to go over. Say that name again. <laughs> and the the worst part is every time I went to type the thing out, for some reason I would always like. I, I would always jump the, the, the last part of the word horror and just so I'd go like H-O-R-R-O-W and I'd have to go back and correct my damn spelling. Um, but yes, it was the horror show at Extreme Rules. Um, not going to go over match by match. Now we will talk about the uh, the Swamp match um, because I think that was a very polarizing match from the show. Is there any... And let's, let's talk about the eye for an eye match because I feel like this is... This is like... The the biggest point of contention on this show for everybody. Yes, Tim. I'll start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio tried everything in their power to make a match in which a dude is going to pull the eye out of another dude's head as entertaining as possible. This match could have... This match was... If, if, you, if you take away the handcuffing of the worst gimmick match ever. And this includes anything on a pole. This includes kennel from hell. Punjabi prison. Worse than Punjabi prison. (laughs) At least this match you could see. I can suspend my disbelief for just enough, Jim. But to actually pull somebody's eye out. Now you could say you have to gouge somebody's eye. You have to make them blind. Um, the road warriors busted dusty roads in the eye with a spike. 
He was blind. They've already blinded Rey Mysterio. So, like, use that instead of this prop candy gumball eye. And apparently that was the, the second part. There was a whole prosthetic that they shot with. Yeah, the uh, the, the CGI. Vince, he's like, oh, this is shit. The so CGI. Get it? CGI. Yeah. You got it? You got sure. that? Whatever. Either way, <laughs> Seth, Seth and Ray had a great match. They tore it yes. down. But because it was connected this eye for an eye, it will go down as like the worst wrestling match I've ever seen. Oh, come on. And that includes the Swamp Thing match from the later in the car. Oh, come on. Come on now. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Nick, Nick, go ahead. I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to let you guys go and then I'm going to get my shit in. Not just this match because it was an, awesome wrestling match it really was this could have been a match of the year contender if it wasn't for the probably the most stupid asinine stipulation i've ever heard before in my life and when it happened and to have it exasperated even more with seth rollins physically puking i sat there and i was like you ruined something good this on top of other things that happened on this card in which this card could have been completely banger to me this was ended up being a crap show a crap show a 100% certifiable non-negotiable crap show they had something special they really did it was they had something special with a lot of matches they had something special with a lot of matches. And because of these stupid, stupid stipulations that I heard of me, it was a crap show. Anybody else? Anybody else? The crap show at extreme rules. He's he's not wrong. He's not here's the deal. JR, if JR was calling this, he would have said slobber knocker a dozen times. They were they were hitting. They were fighting hard. Really good match. But why ever, why ever book the match? Why ever do it? It's, 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 why would you? And I don't even know how you're going to pop somebody's eye out on the corner of the steps. Like jam it in, sure, break an orbital bone, maybe rust my tally. I don't know <laughs> how that happens. But, and then, and then he gets a fishing bobber. Is that what that was? It wasn't a fishing bobber. The line wasn't the line. It wasn't a straight line. That was not a fishing bobber. Was not oh fake so that news. Was just like, fake news. Got it, got it. All right, was not a fishing bobber. Uh, and then, I, honest to God, Nick, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I actually like the vomiting part. Like, if I gouge somebody's eye out, I would probably be sick about it too. But I then, mean, after, see, the thing I have a problem with the vomiting part was this. He's the Monday Night Messiah. He said he was going to tear someone's eye out. He actually, quote unquote pour someone's eye out to make Seth Rollins vomit like that in a pretty gross sort of way, because I really would like to know what he ate for him to vomit yellow chunks that look like bile, to be very honest with you, like he hadn't eaten. It just like to me was more overkill than what already happened. 
it was beyond the overkill. But I mean, okay, like happened. if you do, if you if you say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You do something, and, and you don't necessarily, you, you know, you're you're prophesizing a, a major thing that you're going to do, and it's something to, to this level, gouging somebody's eye out. Have you ever gouged somebody's eye out? You don't know what that's going to look like. I can tell you, Matt. I'm going to come to your house tomorrow. I'll pop your eye out of your head. I can tell you that. I've never done it to somebody. If I do it, I might get queasy enough to puke. I don't know. Wouldn't uh, Jim? Wouldn't you shit if you had a glass eye? I probably would. I probably would. That would that would probably surprise me. If anything deserved the cinematic experience, if anything deserved the cinematic experience. It should have been the eye versus eye match because then you could have used movie prosthetics and stuff like that and have, you know, have like, you know, someone that deals in horror, someone that deals in horror that can actually, you know, show exactly what needs to be done for an eye popping out of the socket. Oh, they have Savini. They've got Savini on retainer, don't they? He yes, made they a did. damn belt. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those situations where, and don't get me wrong, I, I did not like the stipulation. So I'm not defending this stipulation because it, it was it was doomed from the get-go. And the minute they announced this match, I'm like, there's no way this is going to end well. There just isn't. Because either... You know, there, it's going to be a CGI situation where it's it's over the top or whatever. It's a it's a prosthetic, you know, makeup Hollywood style whatever. Or they do something like they did. And no matter no matter which way they did it, the the end result would have been, you know if they would have went ahead and did there was a there was there was going to be a sector of. The the wrestling fan base, whatever, that was going to. I could have accepted it more if it was cinematic. See, to me, I I had a match. They had an actual match where nothing that was used was an implement of eye popping. Everything was eye poking, eye stabbing, nothing coming out. I, I, I was fine with the way it ended again. I the the. The match itself was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Those two guys went out and 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 kicked ass for what was the time on it? Eight, eighteen minutes. Like they went out and they fucking killed it for eighteen minutes. Absolutely nice. Absolutely um, had a banger of a match. The, the 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 stipulation was doomed from the beginning. Personally, I had I had zero issue with with the way they. Yeah. The way, <laughs> the way they chose to end it. I, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. That you know, I I was more surprised too. That um, like I I honestly did. I thought that this was going to be a way to get Stop Seth. I. I can't help it. It's I, me. I'm talking about me. That's the correct way for me to de- describe myself at this point in time. Me, me upset. Me upset. Me happy you know, with result. Me happy with like me happy with how they did. You know, he poke eye. Me okay with it. There is that sad. better, Ryan? Does that make you? Thank does you. that make you, you happier? You. I can't believe you don't have sound effects for eye gouging popping. I don't. I don't. You're usually my popper, but you haven't. You can't I'm come. You can't. You can't come to the studio for the last four months. Goddamn, twenty twenty. Thanks, Corona. But me have no problem with the ending of this match. Matt, any thoughts? Anyway. I mean, 
it, I don't I don't understand why we're justifying the vomiting because that makes it a little more believable. Like that that to me is the worst part of it. Like make him gag a little or something, but to just sit there and just straight vomit on the floor, it's just unnecessary. And like I mean, everything else has just already been said. Great match, terrible finish. I don't think you can excuse the finish just because we all knew it was going to be bad. It was doomed from the start. That should be telling, don't do it in the first place. Like, that's it. Don't have the eye stipulation at all. Yeah, like, like again, the, the, the stipulation, it was doomed from the beginning. I, 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 will, I will agree. I will agree with that part of it. Um, yeah, look I swear at, to God, if you give this pay-per-view an A, I'm going to quit this show. It, I, I, th- this pay-per-view does not have an A. Okay. I will tell you that this pay-per-view does not have an A. Yeah, I already know what my grade is. Um, any uh, any other matches besides the Swamp Fight that anybody wants to talk about? I am okay with the tag teams. I love Cesaro. I saw somebody post something about it. It might have even been friend of the show, The Boar, about Cesaro saying best tag team wrestler, and he's right. Kobe, Chris Hero. Tyson Kidd, Cesar, or Sheamus, Shinsuke Kobe, Nakamura. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. It's all four different types of There's wrestlers. There's a common denominator there. They're, Cesaro. And, like, that doesn't even include Cesaro doing stuff in Chikara with uh, the BDK, where he's teaming with Aries, he's teaming with Tursus, and it's, 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 Cesaro is fantastic. Like, whatever Cesaro wants to do, he can do it, and he's he's the he is the greatest individual tag team wrestler of all time, by himself, isolated. And that's all due respect to the Bobby Eatons and Arn Andersons and the Booker T's and the, like everybody who's been in multiple tag teams. Respect, but Cesaro is a different level. He's the king. He's the king. Um. Yeah. No. I. I thought. I thought that was a. Go ahead, Matt. About Dolph Ziggler, by the way, about him falling off a little bit. Still one of the best sellers in the business, and that was a oh. fantastic Claymore to finish that. Match. Oh, dude, that Claymore! God damn, that was good. That was real good. So I cannot believe Dolph Ziggler in any match from now on. Right in a in a match in which it is extreme rules. For him and not Drew, the ultimate loser, Dolph Ziggler, finds a way to lose <laughs> again. Don't put him in any title matches or anything that leads me to believe he can win. Well, you're going to get one next week, unfortunately. I hope the stipulation is Dolph is done. It could be possible. That's what I hope. That, that, I that, hope. I've seen that hypothesized that it's going to be title versus career good why well, for me asuka versus sasha banks jim knows this very well the way that wwe has been booking asuka since she won the belt on you know on a technicality at money in the bank is just mind-boggling to me this is a woman who dominated nxt for almost two years 538 or 500 plus days you know, undefeated, goes to the main roster, 
you know, goes to the main roster, looks unbeatable at the main roster, and then, of course, we saw what happened at WrestleMania against Charlotte, and since then, it's been stop, start, stop, start. I thought after Becky leaving, Ronda obviously not coming back, now Charlotte, you know, on the sidelines, you know, besides Bailey and Sasha, who can you build around? Asuka would be perfect. She is a complete badass, but the way that they book her, they don't make her look strong. And she had another banger match with Sasha that, again, I disagree with the, with the, with the ending booking there. Yeah, I, I get you want to make Bailey and Sasha like the ultimate power trip right now, but at the expense of possibly the best wrestler on the, on the roster as we speak, it's just getting to the point now where the level to me, and this is just me, the level of disrespect being thrown at Asuka's way and the way that she's being handled, the way that she's being booked, it's just mind-boggling. It really is. It really is. And now they're having this match on Monday where I totally misread everything and I look like a complete <laughs> fool in doing so. Like, there was a point where I was like, I, I looked at it and I looked at your comment and I was like, and I looked back up at the picture. I totally misread. And it, I'm Jim. like, I, I what do you call? I just sat there for like, I sat there for a day going, I mis. I, I, I kept staring at my phone. I'm like, I misread this. And, yeah, because I was like, but, I was like, I don't, I don't see it. Okay, I, it says, and I thought I remembered what like what Stephanie said, and because I because I was watching Raw and I'm like, okay, no, I think that I think DQs are in this. I'm just like, let me get clarification here. I'm a little confused. And then when you like reiterate it, I'm like, brother, I'm not seeing it, man. And then like there was another dude that was like, yeah, I'm not seeing it either. So I, I appreciate I appreciate that you that you were like definitely just definitely misread oh, the uh, the was, thing. It was horrible on my part. <laughs> but this is what I'm worried about for this coming Monday. Now we have all these stipulations. Are they going to put the belt on Sasha and make Bailey and Sasha the complete power trip? Because it really is starting to scare me that that's going to happen when I'm waiting extremely patiently right now. And Jim, you can attest to this, you know, for possibly what will be the best feud of the second half of 2020 if they ever decide to pull the goddamn trigger on Sasha versus Bailey. It's been teased. It's been teased. It's been teased. I'm hoping this Monday it's Bailey that actually costs Sasha the match, costs her the title or whatever, in which this, this you know, it's either sow the seeds or in typical WWE booking, go right into it. Um, Nick, I think I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with a few of the things. Uh, and then you talking was in a, allowed me to look some things up here. I think people think, Asuka has always been, like, crapped on. Um, but when you really look at, like, the stats, she is one of two women to uh, be Grand Slam champions, her and Bailey. She is one of three women to be a triple crown winner, Raw, SmackDown, Tag, her, Bailey, Alexa Bliss. So everybody thinks Asuka always gets crapped on. Money in the Bank winner, Royal Rumble winner. I just, you can't have her win all the time. She's not Charlotte. Other than Charlotte, though, I think she does a really, really good job, and she's always up there. You can't argue the fact that two uh, – yeah, I don't know. This, 
And I mean, well, the, I think even because I know, dominant. I know yes. Nick, I know Nick. Even even one of your arguments is like in the, in the post Money in the Bank situation. You're you're saying that they're they're booking her as as somewhat of a weak champion, but like I I still don't even necessarily see it. And I I understand that like you had the double count out at uh, at Backlash. I think it was a Backlash uh, with her and Nia. And but like part part of part of the issue with with the, the with the women's division is like you have like Bailey, Sasha, you had Becky, you had Charlotte. Um, you know, like Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte were booked so strong. Um, then you had Kyrie and Asuka that were near the top. Um, but it, it just, you know, it just wasn't always there. And then there was kind of everybody else. Like the Iconics have been misused as a tag team. Um, you know, like Nia Jax, obviously she returned from injury and you like right, wrong or indifferent. The WWE wanted to get her back in that, in that title picture right away. And the only way you can do that is to look strong against somebody who's legitimate. And that is somebody like Asuka. And then of course, with, with Becky leaving, getting, uh, Asuka the title, you know, that's, I think, where the where the booking of Asuka and Nia came from. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily um, I don't necessarily view her booking, you know, post money in the bank as making her look weak at all. I, I think um, could she look like a stronger champion? Sure. That that I, that I can at least agree with. But that's in the right. But that in the same but in the same time, you know, I think they're trying to build the women's division around her and when you have somebody that's as strong as her like there there's to me like the the two top women in the women's division is charlotte and oscar the 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 difference between the two and the way they book them is typically speaking charlotte usually is booked to win every time oscar's the one that usually ends up you know getting the the screwy finish or sometimes losing at the expense of building somebody up so I think I think that's that's where, and it just it, it just all depends on how you choose how a person chooses to look at it. You you view it a little bit as they're kind of making her look weak. To me, I'm looking at it as she's strong enough to be able to handle maybe taking a loss or or a no decision. Ryan, I just wondered where Nikki Bella fits uh, in your top two list. Well, she's she's not currently in the division, right? Oh, it was, it was a current. Current, yes. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I'm not going to talk about today's current product and say Bret Hart is number one, but Bret Hart's my number one of all time. We'll, right. we'll get to Jim's Mount Rushmore, and he'll say Nikki Bella four times. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, Matt! People are trying to tune in for the whole goddamn show. Well, here's the funny thing. I personally think the WWE women's division is so deep right now. You could have many programs for Asuka outside of the usual suspects. Really? That, I mean, that's just my opinion. Right. Yeah. I agree. Tim. Yeah. My, my thinking is this. Um, the COVID era is reaping. It, it's rearing its ugly head because there's only a set number of people that can be in attendance the number of rotating people are brought to a minimum that's why i think that this is the point i was trying to make last week but i kept getting cut in and out <laughs> sasha's going <laughs> sasha's going to be champion because i think 
for the remainder of the COVID era, we're going to unify championships at SummerSlam. See, that, that's we're kind of the thought Becky, I had. Bailey versus Sasha, one women's champion. We're going to get Braun, Drew, one champ. I'm fine with that. That way, the COVID, especially with everything with COVID, there's no, there's not enough, at least on the SmackDown side of the world title picture, who other than Braun Strowman is going after Bray, or who other than Bray Wyatt is going after Braun Strowman? Agree, yeah. And with, with the women's championship, Becky being gone, like on, on the SmackDown side, who's who's your believable contender to Bailey as champion? Shayna Baszler. She's on Raw. Shayna's on Raw. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Shayna's on Raw. I mean, hypothetically, we could have a trade, but... You can put her her wherever you want, but then again, you take her away from Raw, then that's one less reliable... And, like, I mean, we lost Charlotte. We lost both Charlotte and Becky at the absolute worst time because those are two hands that, um, you know, if, if Becky is not with child and Charlotte is not getting boobs redone i believe i think that's the injury she I said think there's it. a couple of, there's a couple other things that are at play too but i think on the um i think about. on the the bella's podcast i believe that was that was the the point she she said she had she, the, the the same leakage problem she had a couple of years ago she's getting redone again it couldn't have come at a worse time because those are two hands that would not have opted out but the funny thing is, is that if you say you're unifying the championships at SummerSlam, then mm-hmm. 24, whoever the unified champion is, needs that foil to be that person that you can run a program with. Right. That's the reason why I said Shayna Baszler, because I think, again, the WWE have dropped the ball with another NXT badass. For whatever reason, Vince doesn't like him. We know that. I don't know about as of right now. I think Bruce Pritchard kind of likes her because they're starting to bring her back into. Play. I was going to say the last Unless, two weeks. Again, again, but again, we're in the COVID era, so they may be "quote unquote" forced to somehow use Shayna as a foil to whomever it may be. But you know, you, you if you're really looking for something to to run with. You do have ready-made programs that you can do. I'm really starting to get tired of 2020 watching Big Show versus Randy Orton when I saw it back in 2007, 2008. Why but do I have to see it again in 2020? I, I think that's telling a longer story with Randy Orton, though. And I'm, and I'm curious to see where, the, where this endgame with Randy Orton goes because Big Show isn't the first legend you know that 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 he's gone after um and to be fair to be fair all of these other people are just stop gaps for when edge comes back right so i wouldn't necessarily put uh, a program together with randy orton where i can put expendable characters like big show like christian eventually rick flair through the orton machine Till we get edge back like and and like here's the, like i i love watching orton punt people week after week again whether it's 2009 or, or 2020 watching yeah, him do. punt people's heads off uh every monday night i i'm i'm here for that uh that's that's been fun um little little known fact i love i love what you said about the stop gaps like the christians everything like that 
Big Show wasn't originally slated to be in there. Randy Orton actually just saw the Big Show show and demanded <laughs> to kick him in the head. So they made, they made the accommodation. I still haven't like, watched that. Ep- I still have only watched episode one. I, I gotta. I gotta. It gets worse. I gotta get back at it. I gotta ask you guys. I, I one question I do have for everybody. Sure. And that's this: Do you think Randy Orton will be the person to dethrone? Drew Galloway to set up a title match with Edge down the road. Yes. I'll, I'll nod with Tim. I'll nod with Tim. Yeah. Randy Orton Randy Orton is that dude. Like he's really good. Like he doesn't need a title cuz cuz if he wins the championship, he would then be tied with Triple H. For second most title. With 14? There's another punk fight that happened. 15. 15. Because it would be, because Randy Orton's at 14, Triple H is at 15, Rick and John Cena are 16. So having Orton win the title and then feud with Edge, I don't think that feud needs a title. I think that this feud is bigger than that. I think I think the Edge run we're going to get here is very analogous to the Shawn Michaels run we got when he came back in 02. Like, and granted, it's bonus Shawn, time. Shawn did win the World Heavyweight Championship shortly after returning, but he lost it like the next month at Armageddon to Triple H during Triple H's reign of terror. <laughs> so it's it, it's not the same, but. Um, yeah, that's a very that's a very good question because because right now I don't see anyone who can be that the, dude. No, not even that dude, but just be, um, be the guy who's gonna dethrone Drew McIntyre. I don't I don't know who that is yet. Lou Drew brings up a so, great. Drew is so charismatic. He's so engaging. And his in-ring skill for a guy of his size, he actually, you know, he is the total package. This is the Drew Drew McIntyre. I was about to say Drew Galloway. Wow. <laughs> this is the Drew McIntyre that everybody thought was going to run roughshod back in the, you know, in the early, you know, in the early 2010s, in the early 2010s when he was quote unquote the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And, how he reinvented himself on the indie scene to come back NXT champion, a little bit of a stop start on the main roster because he was part of the Omni Shane era, as I like to call it. (laughs) And then, you know, finally, you know, kicking it another notch the way that he did and the way that he's been like performing lately I mean, granted, this is a stopgap thing now with with Dolph Ziggler, who personally I can't stand, but is the perfect foil for Drew Galloway right now because Dolph can sell anything and everything under the sun, even like a bad two dollar spit shine. Look at SummerSlam last year, the 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 Goldberg thing. I mean, I fucking hate Goldberg, but that that was a great segment on that SummerSlam. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. So. I need to know what WWE is going to do with Drew after he's done with Dolph. I mean, where do they go from here? The only logical choice for me is Randy. It's the only logical choice. 
Brian. I, I, but but according to where I'm prognosticating, we're heading towards SummerSlam. If we're unifying titles, his foil is Braun. It's champion versus champion. Braun's already gone on record. Braun's already gone on record to say he wants Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Move it up. Right. What's the second second best option? I mean, what every pay-per-view in the COVID era has had a gimmick. SummerSlam, the biggest event, biggest party under the under the the performance center with their biggest (laughs) fan in attendance (laughs) up in the sky. Like WWE has unified titles before when they're stuck. It makes perfect sense. If you look at it this way too, Paul Heyman was just fired from raw. That's a great point. Richard is now in control of both raw and SmackDown as executive director. And between the countdown to, and between the countdown to Fucktown and AJ styles on Twitch, we know that Paul Heyman was a problem. (laughs) And, and so the vision is uni, uni, uniform. They're getting a bunch of heat from having too many people being in the performance center. Now you got to wear a mask. There's a whole bunch of stuff. It really boils it down to running an even more pared down ship, rotating more bodies in and out who can be on Raw and SmackDown. One champion does double duty for tapings. It's one less body that has to be around. I mean, it's right. And then you don't have to do the convoluted. Uh, you can do the same thing with the tag titles. Cause what the hell are the tag titles doing? Exactly. Street profits versus Cesaro and knock and Nakamura. Yeah. It would, it, I MVP, mean, it would be a bummer MVP to see one of those AJ teams Styles. lose. Like what's I, think, well, I think, I think you would still keep, I think you would still keep the, the two mid card titles there. But Not the last time they unified all the titles, they last time they unified. Yeah, but all they the just titles, redid both they, of those titles. I don't so see what I don't so see. What? I don't see them both. One of them going away. See, the thing is, though, is I don't think that it's going to be a unification for long. I think that this is a, a absolute. Do you think they're going to actually come out and audibly say it like, look, shit sucks right now. This is what we're doing right now. You can say that these times are the most unprecedented in the history of the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. <laughs> we just saw a unification. We saw John Cena versus Randy Orton. No, for no, no, no. You're, you're, you're missing it. We just saw a unification. And look how well that happened. One week later. Well, no, we didn't see a unification. We saw a guy win two titles. That's a, There's a difference there. You're talking Keith Lee. Yep. Yeah, that didn't unify. That wasn't a unification. Honestly, I really thought that they were going to unify the belts exactly how you said because of the COVID era. And then for him to relinquish the the North American title, I I just sat there. I was, you know, that was like the big news. And I sat there and I was like, I was this. I was honestly, I like it. I was honestly a little more shocked that he didn't spend at least a couple of weeks, maybe a month, defending both. Or, you know, having multiple matches because, like, I mean, he as, he's as good of a hand as you have. I mean, oh, he's yeah. he's fantastic. So, like, open a show with a North American title match, close the show with a world title match. Like, I would have been here for that. But, but but yeah, relinquishing it and uh, and the tournament is leading up to a ladder match. It's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's jump into it here because I know this match, I feel like there's – I feel like there's there's two lily pads in the swamp. There's a loved it lily pad and there's a hate it lily pad. And I don't think there's a lot of people just swimming in the water. 
So let's go around the room. We'll go Tim, Nick, Ryan, Matt. Loved it or hate it, and then and then we'll go back around and discuss. Tim. I for the most part hated it. Okay. Nick. Um we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to defenses okay. later. We'll we'll get gotcha. to discussion later. Nick. Are we talking about the, the, swamp? the swamp match? Hated it. Oh, Ryan. So freaking good. Matt. Very good. I loved it. I loved it too. I loved it too. To me, A plus. To me, this this I I think they hit it. They hit nails on the head all the time. Tim, we'll go to your defense first. Oh, Tim lost Tim, his ears. I wasn't sure. Were you going to get snacks, or were you were you leaving? I'm about to leave. Oh, <laughs> I thought it might have been snack time. Oh, it's almost snack time. Arnold Arnold's about to show up with some red robin. Spoiler alert. Red Come robin. God damn. Look, man, I gotta eat. Um, Tim, I don't keep this body there on the East coast. It's pushing nine. Ryan, like you've never eaten something equivalent to a red Robin meal at nine o'clock or after. Okay. Just, just, just don't even stop it. Cut it out. I have a glandular problem. Uh, Tim, we'll go to you. Where do you, we'll go to you. Um, why did you mostly dislike it so i mostly disliked it for thus the fact that it just uh here it comes <laughs> thank you arnold room service ah lovely lovely people uh ding so the the, the reason why i i, I I'm, I'm more in a hated boat than a loved it boat is i don't even know how I, you, you, if I can be honest about it, it's because I'm clumping it into the worst WWE pay-per-view of all time. Oh, come like, on. It's the main event of the most unforget, the most forgettable, nothing happening, on, inconsequential match of all time. So Alexa Bliss is, is Sister Abigail. Cool. And, and Braun Strowman got jumped by Braun Strowman. And... You just made the list. There's some Matt Hardy Lake of Reincarnation bullshit going on somewhere. Um, I don't even need to describe because Tim's just listing the reasons why it was so good to me. Aside from the fact that I was supposed to be scared at some point because it's a horror show. And there was not one damn crocodile. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Braun Dumbass versus Zizi. It was Braun versus Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no alligator. <laughs> uh, Nick, tell me there ain't no alligator. Nick, go ahead. Basically, the reason why I didn't like it was this: it was too gimmicky, way too gimmicky. It wasn't the cinematic experience that I that I watched with the Boneyard. It wasn't like the most well-set cinematic experience that you could have seen like they did with Braun Strowman, with, uh, excuse me, with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. The way that they did that. I wanted to see more of like the backstory as to how Braun became Braun under the Bray Wyatt, uh, under the old Bray Wyatt family regime. The nice touch about Alexa Bliss being, you know, 
Sister Abigail was because there was history there with Alexa and Braun in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the tag team challenge and the teasing of the romanticism between them, between them. But, you know, in the end, I was just underwhelmed by it. I don't know what it was. I just could not invest myself into watching it. It, it felt more, this felt more forced to me than any of the others that have been put together. It just seemed to me that this one wasn't as well planned and thought out as the others have, have been. I keep saying that WWE has almost jumped the shark you know, with their cinematic matches. They set the bar extremely high with the Boneyard match. They really did. Let's, say, well, let's, let's call a spade a spade. The Boneyard match is like now the bar, no pun intended to Seamus and Cesaro. Uh, <laughs> we are the bar. Set, you know, it has been set as the bar for all cinematic matches. Cena versus, Cena versus Wyatt, spot on, unbelievable. Cole, the you know the, the NXT one, it was all right, it was okay, nothing special. But you were invested in it because of the story between the story between the wrestlers. They could have done to me. It's just they could have done so much more with this, and they dropped the ball. I was never so more disappointed after a match was over. I was like slumped in my chair. I was like, I wanted more <laughs> than what it was. Oh man, not I mean, me. That, that's just me. Yeah, that's not me. I, I, I was blown away. Ryan, we'll go to you. Yeah, uh, just to touch on a few things that Timid, Timid, I think touched on the Sister Abigail thing. I mean, I think that's that's Bray Wyatt working in the in the mind of Braun Strowman. It kind of ties into what we saw at the Firefly Funhouse, where John Cena is John Cena's own worst enemy. He's using. Ron, I, I'm watching you eat your burger, and I'm getting hungry. It's not <laughs> even fair. I'm, I'm like looking at you on my screen, talking to you, and you're just going in for big old burger bites. Um, oh shoot, the burger totally. What burger did you get? He's uh, uh, Ryan. The monster. Oh, it breaks my. Ryan's heart. looking hey, at it. Right, it does. It looks very tasty. I'm very excited that you're eating this. I think it ties into the firefly right now where you see Bray Wyatt kind of work his magical Bray Wyatt things. I don't believe Alexa Bliss is Sister Abigail. I believe Alexa Bliss is Braun Strowman's Sister Abigail in that moment. Um, and that's that's the, the the cool little things about these matches that really, Kobe, really Kobe, got Kobe, me Kobe. going. That I, I loved it. I From crust to tip, I loved it. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, I think this this kind of gave us everything that I'm coming to expect out of what we're seeing in Bray Wyatt now with these cinematic matches and just that he is becoming the psychological villain uh, for the WWE. Like Ryan said, I think Alexa Bliss is the Sister Abigail version of what, you know, is going to distract Braun from what he is trying to accomplish. We got an, a fantastic Bray Wyatt promo um, in that match, like a, a fantastic edge of your seat, one that we haven't seen since like the original Wyatt family vignettes. So that really brought me in to start just because he is so good on the microphone, just so good. And I mean, he tells a story, 
team made it. Like I, I, I get what Tim's saying. Uh, you know, we weren't technically supposed to be scared, but I think what they do with that, with Bray being in that sense, is he kind of pulls at like the psych. That's always been his thing, and I think he does it so well with these cinematic matches. Like, give me a hundred more Bray Wyatt cinematic matches if they're going to be like this, if they're going to be like Firefly Funhouse. I will watch every single one. This is one that I will go back and watch over and over again. Right. I mean, when, with the with the Firefly Funhouse match, you had a, what, 15-year career to work with with John Cena, and he went back to every moment of it. He went back to the Dr. Thugonomics. He went back to... You know, the prototype John Cena. He went back to all of these moments. Again, John Cena's his worst enemy. When you look at this one, him, Braun Strowman being attacked by Braun Strowman, the story that they've told us throughout the course of this feud has been Braun doesn't want to go back to the Wyatt family. Braun, Braun's his own thing. He, he created himself. Bray Wyatt in that match proved by Braun attacking Braun, the, the, you know, the black sheep Braun attacking Braun. That he was the one, whether Braun wants it that way or not, he was the one that created this monster. Then again, Alexa Bliss tying in, you know, the 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 downfall of Braun Strowman in a way throughout the mixed match challenge was that he got caught up in his love for Alexa Bliss. That's his sister Abigail. Even at the very end, Braun thought he won by putting Bray Wyatt into the swamp. When at the end, what happens? The fiend reigns supreme. Like Bray still wins. Bray still has the control. No matter what, no matter how much Braun thinks that he that he can escape what he was and and where he came from, he can't. It always comes back to Bray Wyatt. It always comes back to the dark side of Bray Wyatt. To me, that that's what this whole thing told us. The promo, everything, every little bit of it, all the callbacks, the lake of reincarnation, because that was a chapter for Bray Wyatt every part of it everything tied back to a moment before and 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 maybe it's because of my investment to the Bray Wyatt character that that made me love it this much because I I've been I've been all in on this character since day one sometimes to to my to you know to my uh, disappointment and heartbreak but to, that, that's why to me th- this hit on on every single sector because you know, Braun thinks he wins. It's like, okay, if he buries Bray Wyatt in the swamp, I, then then it's done. And then the Fiend rises up out of the swamp. Guess what? It ain't over because, yeah, you may have beaten Sweater Bray. You may have beaten Wyatt Family Bray. But there's a part of that this story that you haven't beat. Tim? I may have to go back and, and watch the match again. Um... But part of, like, why I don't like it is for all of the sins prior to the match. It may not be fair, but, like, as I said, it being the main event of, like, an unconsequential pay-per-view, like, the match that should have been cinematic wasn't cinematic, so I had to watch somebody's fake eyeball get popped out. (laughs) We had a, a U.S. title match that didn't happen. And the champ, the challenger is the person who actually has the title, and he bought it, and like he made it himself. Like that's yeah, that 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 thing's still confusing. Like, it's very confusing. the The SmackDown Women's Title match with Bailey was fair to middling. 
the Raw Women's Title match, Martin controversy, not a very not a very clean finish. The tag title match was good, like it was it was great. It was a high point, but the high point was the first match of the night, and everything else from that point on just kind of drug it down. And so I'm hope I was hoping for by the time we got to the swamp, the Wyatt Swamp fight that it was going to be able to pull it up and it didn't like it, it, it didn't, it didn't pull it up for me um, more so just because like, not to sound like I'm a broken record with Nick, but it's like, they're doing these cinematic matches a lot more. Like there's at least, there's, there's at least one on every pay-per-view if not more. And I I understand why they're doing it, but it's it's Vince McMahon who finds a formula that works and then beats it into the ground. Right. And and there's the there's the problem in still having monthly pay per views. And I and I get it. You're selling the network. You're but like you had was was I can't again, I can't even remember days at this point, but was takeover takeover in your house. You could have done that at the start of July. There's your July pay-per-view. You you could have not had this one. Like, you know, I understand that, that WWE is in this weird situation where you're selling your own network. One of, the, one of the perks of having the network was the fact that you have a monthly pay-per-view. That, that, that becomes a little more tricky right now. Um, so, you know, you, you still have to produce them. So now do you do all in-ring matches with a wrestler crowd or do you do the cinematic thing like i fully expect that at all out AEW is all out that there will be some some sort of cinematic or pre-taped match a la the um what, what was the one at at, at double stampede. the stadium stampede there'll be something like that um but again except th- the stadium stampede was a fresh idea, right? But of a pre-taped match, right? And but it was. It was a, but also, it was my point match. is, AEW only has pay-per-views May, August, what December, and you know they, they only have the four, four because, or five pay-per-views because they have a well-built infrastructure and they're not trying to outdo their means. Like you're gonna punish them because they only have no, 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 four no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But believe it or not, I'm not actually shitting on AEW right okay. now. I'm just stating the fact that I'm like just, I know the track record, I, so I'm, I'm that's leaning fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Not, that's fair. That is fair. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, begrudging you on that one. I'm just saying, like them doing a cinematic pay per view every or cinematic match every pay per view, isn't isn't quote unquote beating the dead horse because they only have four pay per views a year. Like WWE's in the in, in a odd, you know, they're, they're in that odd place because they do the monthly pay per views, and this is something that was absolutely successful from the beginning back-to-back nights at wrestlemania so like now it's it's you know and there's there's been hits there have been some misses um again and and for me this one was a huge hit huge uh, this one was a home run but it's 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 that thing so are we gonna get one at SummerSlam? are we gonna get one at takeover 30 on back-to-back nights like you know what i mean like that that's that's the question that, that we're going to have to see over the next couple of weeks. Um, any other thoughts on this match before we grade the pay-per-view? I think we need to, to 
make a really big distinction between like a pre-taped match, like Stadium Stampede was, um, like the greatest wrestling match ever, ever, uh, and like a true cinematic match. I feel like the true cinematic match, as we look at the ones we really liked, was the Boneyard match, the Firefly Funhouse match, and really the Swamp Fight match. So we're leaving it to like these supernatural characters where it plays into like their their story and their character a bit. Whereas you look at like the NXT one, which was just overdone. Um, right, it was just Vikings an overdone match. Just, the Vikings versus the Street Profits, which was just overdone. Um, the NXT, the, 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 the Money in the Bank one, uh, which was fine, it was different, um, but not necessarily like a cinematic storytelling match, uh, more just a pre-taped match. So I, I feel like we're seeing like True cinematic movie style matches, Boneyard, Firefly, Funhouse, and uh, the Swamp Fight, and then we're just seeing like the pre-taped flavor of the matches. See, I would count Money in the Bank more as a cinematic style, but more so in like the lines of like a comedy or like a Cannonball Run. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I would, I would put that one in the cinematic category. Thing. Yeah, like it, it's absolutely cinematic because of that's the, fair. That's a good the storytelling throughout. Like, um. This like, but the street profits versus the Viking daddies or whatever. Like I didn't care for that at all. Uh, I mean they they fought ninjas. Where's the, where's the where's big ninja now? Where's big ninja? I, I only loved it because of how much Ryan hated it. I I'll there I said it. Trash. Yeah, but it's again. I, I feel like I feel like now that I'm not fatigued so much with the worst WWE pay per view of modern history. <laughs> And if I go back and rewatch, I, I would recommend fight. rewatching the Swamp Fight. And, li- and, and, and af- after I our Bret Hart, I got Bret Hart SummerSlam matches to watch. I gotta, I gotta pick my. Time. You do have Bret Bret Hart SummerSlam <laughs> matches, and that's an episode I want to listen to, especially. Um, all right, let's go around. Let's grade the pay per view, uh, Nick. I know what your grade's gonna be, but go ahead. Hey. A D. Uh, see, I thought you were going to give it an F, so you've already surprised me. Um, the wrestling was good. Just the hokiness of everything just ruined it for me completely. All right, very good. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Uh, C plus. Okay. Tim? I'm going to go C minus. Okay. Uh, Ryan? I'm going to split the difference between the last two and just call it a C. And this one got a B for me. Matt, like... It, wrestling was <laughs> On the good. Stanford scale of excellence. <laughs> wrestling was good. A few wonky decisions. The it finished with an it finished with a hundred percent. The 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 swamp fight was was an A plus for me. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's continue here. And obviously, you know, I I, I watched Impact. I, I I purchased a pay per view that wasn't a WWE show. So that may have been one of the most shocking things in 2020. Um, yeah, brace yourself, Ryan. Um, and and obviously, I, I I recorded my my review of the show, so we're not necessarily uh, going to get into that um, too much, unless anybody has has any other has any specific thoughts about it. Um, obviously, we saw uh, EC3, Eric Young, Heath Slater, and then the Good Brothers. Uh, the Good Brothers, of course, announced their decision uh, last um, last Saturday at mid- midnight. Um, a few new notes from the pay-per-view. Uh, Slammiversary 2020 smashed Impact's record for single-day total impressions, uh, which was from uh, Slammiversary 2018, nearly doubling the previous record uh, by 97%. 
Leading the day was the exclusive midnight video announcement of the Good Brothers, which quickly became Impact Wrestling's uh, best performing tweet of all time. In Instagram engagement for Slammiversary 2020 saw a 172% increase uh, in single-day total likes compared to their previous record. And during the month leading up to uh, Slammiversary 2020, their YouTube channel saw total views rise by 26.5%. Total watch time grew by 32%. Um, and the channel, which already ranks as number two most subscribed wrestling account on the platform, added over 100,000 new subscribers, marking a 20% rise uh, at monthly subscriber rates. Um, so yeah, you can listen to my review of the show, um, but but really kind of coming out of it, um, you know, and, and I watched Impact on, on Tuesday. Um, you know, we, we saw the Good Brothers there. We saw um, EC3 attack Moose. So it, it appears he may have his eyes on the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which I'm still not totally sure I understand that whole thing. Um, you know, Heath Slater's still kind of in the mix. Um, I, I think in, Impact has a has a really interesting opportunity to, um, you know, to capitalize on some newfound attention because, like, they were trending number one worldwide. Uh, during Slammiversary. Like, I know I saw a lot more people talking about Impact uh, on social media between Saturday, Tuesday, and even now a couple days later. Like, th- this is an interesting opportunity um, for them. The 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 product, it, it, it still feels very different. Like, and I, and I know, like, they don't do any sort of fans in the crowd, but, like, the way that they have the, the room and the building mic'd, it feels so much more like dead quiet than even like the empty WWE Performance Center did. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm intrigued to see see where they go with a lot of things. Um, like I, I will definitely be be tuning in uh, next week. Ryan, have you paid have you paid much attention to what Impact's been doing this week? Jim, do we uh, do a wrestling podcast? Of course. I paid attention to what Impact was doing. How could you not? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that the Motor City Machine Guns are back. Yeah, I love that they got a, a tag championship. I think they are one of the most underrated duos in professional wrestling, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Um, I think you can look back at even their early, early TNA X Division days and really see uh, – what what they had going for there. I thought Slammiversary was a great show, top to bottom. I think it had uh, some great um, big guys, Moose, Tommy Dreamer, uh, the women, I think. Dude, or, that Moose um, Dreamer match was garbage. It, yeah, I'm just saying they're, they're just different flavors. Okay, yeah, they featured, very, very different right, flavors. but the match sucked. Those two, you had, you had the women's match. Uh, you had Chris Bay. Um, you know, the Deanna Peraza was a bit of a surprise to me. But all in all, I think uh, it, it was a great, great weekend for Impact Wrestling. I think the carryover um, on a Tuesday was, was really good for them. I hope it continues next week and, and for the next few months. Um, you know, you can't make a living off of, like, former WWE guys. But uh, it was nice to see some uh, homegrown talent, Eric Young, EC3, kind of back. In the right. That, that, that was something that I highlighted uh, e- even on Twitter on Saturday because I saw a lot of people going like, oh, like they're just they're just bringing in these ex WWE guys. And I'm like, OK, Eric Young, te- like all of them, technically, their la- their last place of employment was the WWE. But to me, 
EC3 was a TNA Impact guy in the WWE. Eric Young, yep. same thing. Like the Good Brothers, like that. It's we're not talking about Festus and Carl Anderson. We're t- like right. we're talking about guys that that made their name elsewhere. Like they're not. Like they're not. The yeah. Like they're not. They're not guys that that made their names in the WWE. So it's like, yeah, technically they're ex WWE guys, but like I think it's unfair to all of them. EC3 and Eric Young, Gallows and Anderson. It's un. I, I think it's unfair to label them. Deanna Peraza the same way. Like she was in. She was in NXT for a cup of coffee. Like people don't know her. Like I mean, there's people that know her because she was in NXT, but like that to me, that's not why she's known. She was a KPW vixen long before, long before. Both that. of them. We've we saw that match was old hat to us. We've seen that match live years ago, which also that match is is on my list of top matches of the year. I'll tell you that right now. That match was fantastic. If there's one match you want to go back and watch from Slammiversary, Knockouts Championship. It was that good. Um, Tim, any, any thoughts from, from, from the impact weekend that was impact has this way of snatching life from the jaws of death. (laughs) They've survived more TV changes. Paul Heyman's wishing that he ran a promotion in the two thousands instead of in the nineties. Because he'd have had all of the destinations that he could land on. America, Puerto Rico, Indochina, Axis. Like, it doesn't matter. He, they got it all. Um, but can they string it together? Can they make something of this? Because right now, I mean... One of WWE's biggest problems is the fact that this COVID era, they're not putting out interesting, fresh content. I'm curious if they can use, if Impact can use what was once WWE's and prove that those talents can carry a program. Um, It was good to see that Brian Myers is a part of the group now. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah for, um, forgot about that from Tuesday. EC3 debuting uh, as well, um, or re-debuting. I'm <coughs> curious to see where other talents are still going to end up. I know there's hotly contested No Way Jose still running around, so I don't know if Impact's <laughs> going to try to get him. Uh, no way. The, no way. The assumption or the, the uh, ascension. The, ass- the assumption. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I assume they're still wrestling. So Um, either way, like I need impact to give me more than just one pay-per-view. They need to string it together and and really make something of this. Um, Because right now they got the momentum, like the balls in their court, obviously whoever's got, Impact right now has the pocketbooks to make some of these deals happen. And if these are exclusive deals or if these are just deals where they can still go and work indies, um, I mean, that's that's to be seen. But uh, man, I know the Good Brothers are still going to work Japan, whether they work indies, I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, that that that's it. That's an interesting point, uh, Matt. Any any thoughts to impact? No, I mean just kind of echoing what was said. I mean, let's let's see what they do from here. I think there's constantly that thing with with impact is you know slam anniversary is typically not a bad show um but then the rest of the year just the the interest wanes and then you get to the point where you're like oh it's time for slam anniversary again <laughs> um you know like we joked on the last show if they could do like a recap of the last year uh, yeah it, <laughs> If you missed the last slam anniversary and the 364 <laughs> days that followed it, here's everything that you missed. Um, so I think Impact has always kind of had a very strong women's division. So I think that's something that they could really use as what's going to set them apart because, you know, we've seen the WWE use women the wrong way, like Nick mentioned earlier. I mean, I mean there's a ton of talent that's just not utilized. Um, and that's always kind of been Impact's strong point. So if they can take that momentum from this show and kind of put those two things together and just generate more appeal, I think that this could be something that, you know, could lead to, you know, being a bigger company that, you know, it's not like a joke like, hey, did you see Impact this week? And, <laughs> you know, did <laughs> Um, so I, I think they have the the opportunity here. Let's just see what they do with it. Nick, I'm going to say something that's going to shock a lot of people. I've been watching Impact a lot. I'm not just an AAW AEW mark that people think that I am. I watch pretty much just about every promotion I can get my hands on. The lead up to Slam Anniversary was a stroke of marketing genius by Impact Wrestling. Let's be honest. The way that they marketed, you know, who could possibly show up at Slammiversary with all the pictures of all the released wrestlers, and you knew some were going to show up, you just didn't know who, was absolute genius. And then bringing back Eric Young as a surprise fifth entrant into the main event. Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace putting up a banger of a women's championship match. You know, EC3 at the very end of the episode with his new moniker and stuff like that, then him showing up on Tuesday, taking out Moose. Even though technically he's not signed, again, stroke of genius. The Motor City Machine Guns, you know, glad to see them back. You know, what do you call it? But the you know the good brothers, you know, getting their due, and they are exclusive to both TN, uh, excuse me, Impact and NJPW. They can work both. Don't expect to see them on the Indies. And the wrestling was that damn good. I was entertained by Slammiversary. I have actually been entertained by Impact on Tuesday nights the last few months. And don't forget. You still have guys like Sammy Callahan, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, you know, uh, Trey, you know, Trey Miguel, the Rascals. They have some really, really talented wrestlers, sure. and they've been using their roster really, really well. They're showing how to use a roster in an empty arena better than the guys up, the guys down in the performance center. I'm not gonna lie. They have a plan. 
they stick to it. And if it ain't working, they kill it. It's not like, let's just keep trying to force something down their throat so they can finally like it. No, they don't work like that. Now, when it comes to TV ratings, you know, you're on access. Not many people have access. But people can stream on Twitch. You know, people can stream, you know, access TV elsewhere. So they do have an audience. The numbers that they got for Slammiversary were insane. They were. And I think the numbers for this Tuesday night belly the fact that Slammiversary was a huge success for them. Oh, absolutely. Everybody said it best, though. Momentum, momentum, momentum. They need to keep the momentum to the next pay-per-view, which I think is lockdown. Yeah, I think in uh, September, I believe. So you're late September, early October. And that's the thing. So like, have, like for me... Really oh, go ahead, Tim. So... I saw some. I didn't see the pay per view. I apologize. That's I, fine. I you were traveling. I could. I couldn't get it past all the hotel porn that was that, there. That's all right. It's but, a um, common problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, either way, um, the Good Brothers came out after Eddie Edwards won the Impact Championship. Cor- correct. Does it seem like they're going to be packaged together? Because if so, that's really interesting to me. I don't think so because what ended up happening, it's going to be the Good Brothers' first feud. It's going to be with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Okay. Uh, what do you call Eddie Edwards is going to be going into a feud with Eric Eric Young to start with. Yeah, I think okay. it was. I think it was more coincidence. It was just more that it was. It came down to Ace and Eddie to to end the match and and the you know immediately when he pulls the when he pulls the card out. And the Good Brothers have been teasing, you know, the the Aces and Eights thing. You're you're starting to wonder, like, maybe Ace Austin is is you know the new is a new hand in Aces and Eights and a newly formed Aces and Eights. And I think that that was the kind of the tie-in at the end. Um, and then the Good Brothers attacked, you know, attacked Ace. Uh, and and I, so I think that I don't I don't think that we're gonna see a pairing there. Um. But yeah, I, you know, Impact has tons of momentum, and, and for me, like, you know, obviously WWE is is always the the you know it starts at Raw, always watch Raw. Then it's sometimes SmackDown. I catch the the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, you know, c- can Impact hold my attention? You know, they, they they're going to bring me back in next week. I already know that. It's it's you know the, like that's always been the challenge for them. They're always there. You know, and, and like they're never going away. Like how many times, even in the six years we've done this show, how many times have we speculated the end of Impact or TNA? And they, 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 they just, they stay. So they're going to be there. It's how much are they going to get the attention? Um, now, in terms of the, the other talent, because obviously, you know, that there was a lot of speculation on who's going to show up, who's going to show up, who's going to be there. Um you know, Aiden English, uh, obviously Hawkins, um, Brian Myers ended up there on Tuesday. Uh, Premio and Epico, Eric Rowan, Kurt Angle, Leo Rush, the Canellises, No Way Jose, Rusev, Zack Ryder. Um, Sarah Logan was one of the releases, obviously, with her now being pregnant. She's probably not going to end up in any uh, wrestling situation anytime soon. Um, we'll start with Ryan. We'll, we'll kind of go around again. Is there a talent that you know that that didn't appear this week that 
you're interested to see where they end up and, and most, and where do you think they will end up? It's a great question, Jim. I'm so glad you brought it up tonight. And I don't have uh, anything written down because I didn't get the notes before the show. But being a professional that I am, uh, I, mean, I saw that Leo did, Rush, though. Facebook friends with him, I'm a big deal. I love Leo Rush. Uh, is taking indie bookings again, looking to work. I think he'd be a great uh, asset to the X Division. Don't think it's going to happen. I'd love to see when things get going again with the Ring of Honor, um, Mike Canales dropping the Canales, going back to Ring of Honor where he belongs, um, where he can be a big fish in a much, much smaller pond um, and reignite his career in Ring of Honor. Didn't they actually sign with Ring of Honor? Well, I know they, they did. The, I know the they podcast. did like a Ring of Honor podcast, which to yeah. me kind of tips their hand a bit. Um, but I don't think they've officially signed anywhere. I didn't okay. hear that they officially did either. No. Uh, real quick, before I hand off to anybody else, Impact Wrestling, eighteen years. It's finally able to vote. Been around for eighteen years. Uh, WCW gone at thirteen. Yeah, uh, Charlie had posted in the uh, in the comments here that they've been around longer than WCW. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, five years longer. Tim, um, who are you most excited about, and and who where do you think they end up? Um, I'm really looking forward to whenever Rusev shows up somewhere. I don't care where. Um, especially if there's going to be this partnership between New Japan and TNA. I don't know if there's going to be one or if it's just the Good Brothers. Um. I mean, New Japan's partnered with a U.S. promotion before. They they've they've done it with Ring of Honor. They could probably do it with Impact. Probably could. They've had like, they've had some ties with GFW as well. Oh, that Jared that's was, right. That was a thing. Jeff Jared was a part of the Bullet Club for about a cup of coffee. <laughs> that's right. Um, so and we were photographers for them once. Yeah. Um, I think Rusev going to. If, if there is a partnership between Impact and New Japan down the road, I can see Rusev going to Impact. But if not, then I really want him to go to AEW. Um, just because AEW needs some, like, grown men in on the roster. Like, just, there's a whole bunch of dudes, like, between 5'8 and 5'11 who just look like they ride bicycles for a living to, there's not that many big wrestlers over there, so sending Rusev over, and um, maybe being, uh, maybe when the hey, boar hey. maybe when the boar finally gets his TNT championship opportunity, maybe then Rusev hey, we, Rusev will be a big man. We got close with Eddie Kingston last night. That was a joy, and what a match! What a goddamn fucking segment that was. Um, Matt Rusev is six foot. By the way, you're acting like Rusev is some giant. He's only six foot tall. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a foot taller than every granite. wrestler in AEW. That's that's a good point. He's the giant in <laughs> AEW. Adam Cole's also billed at six foot two, and then stand him next to Zack Saber Jr., who's also six foot tall. I mean, and then tell me that they look eye to eye. I mean, like yeah, let's Zack Saber's tall. Like let's be fair too. Like Kurt Hall or uh, Heath Slater looked huge in that Impact ring, like. Gallows looked like fucking like a fucking giant in that ring. Like 
you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, belittling or begrudging or anything, you know, little guys. I'm not, but you know, Rusev, who was average sized in the WWE, that's a big man everywhere else. Like Gallows, who was a big man in the WWE, that's a giant everywhere else. Like it, it just, it is what it is. And I mean, most other companies, I think AEW included are using smaller rings too. So all of these guys are going to look bigger than you remembered the last time you saw them. Matt, uh, uh, Tim, I don't even need to answer this question because everything you said about my boy Rusev, uh, is exactly what I was thinking. Matt, your, uh, your thoughts, who, who are you most interested to see and where? Um, I'm most interested to see where Zack Ryder ends up, Matt Cardona, whatever he goes by. Um, whether that's Impact or AEW, I think he could fit in either place rather well. Um, what he does on on those cards, I don't know, but um, I think he would just kind of slide right into probably the similar role he was doing in in WWE and just being you know that guy for either company. So just to see who ends up getting Zack Ryder's talents, um, just so we can make sure we get that pay-per-view so Jim can see him win a ladder match. Um, that's all I really care about. Uh, and Nick, how about you? I echo Matt's thoughts completely. Matt Cardona, I actually see him going to AEW. I really think that, you know, he could carve out a really good niche over there. And, uh, Rusev, you know, I would love to see him in AEW, but I can actually see him sign with Impact because, you know, the way Impact has been running their running the business lately, you know, you can never have too many hosses, as they say. So you got Moose, you're gonna have Gallows, you have Fulton, you add Rusev into that into that mix. You got yourself a pretty follow Bob. You got yourself a pretty damn good host division going. Damn right. Um, and am and here, I, am I wrong in thinking? And it's and it's a shame where it's at in its in its progression. But Rusev would be an absolute star in NWA. Like it's NWA, just that, just that. I would just NWA love to around. see him with the flags. I mean, he it just it just in my mind works. No, I agree. And I mean, it, it, I mean, Billy Corgan has said that they that they are not going away. Um, but they are also per, uh, bad news Barrett. They are not going to be running during the COVID era. So can they, can they reignite with a new kind of office leadership once, whenever we get out of this, can they reignite that fire that, that started when, when they kicked off, that's going to be the real question. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what they were doing, but can they recapture it? See, the problem, though, is they already lost Ricky Starks, who I thought was going to be a main player in NWA. He ended up signing AEW. Last night, we saw Eddie Kingston, the best damn guy on the mic, bar none, you know, show up at AEW. Would not be surprised if he signs with them. You know, Zicky Dice, their NWA television champion, he left, he left right now. Looks like he's going to be signing with Ring of Honor, last I heard. So you're talking about three main guys who they were building their roster around that upped and left. Yeah, Cabanjo. 
He going, yeah. And I mean, th- therein, yeah. therein lies the problem with not running shows. I don't discredit them for it, but therein lies the problem is, is guys, if they can find, and, and, and there are companies that want them, then they're going to find places to work. So, um, therein lies the problem for, uh, for the NWA. Um, but I, you know, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, I think absolutely fits best in AEW because as we've discussed for a long time, um, AEW is the sports entertainment alternative to WWE sports entertainment. Matt Cardona is a sports entertainer. I think he would thrive there and be just fine. Um, absolutely. I mean, you don't keep a job with the WWE for as long as he did. If you're not good, I know I shit on him, but you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to stay and be featured in, in, in multiple ways. If you're not good enough, um, man got a Funko pop made for him. I mean, he's, he's got to be good. Well, that, one exception to that rule. And that's Eva Marie. I was, I was just about to catch you in that one. I was ready. I was like, so you're telling me anyway, um, speaking great transition, man. She's training with Spanky. I saw her in a video. She's doing fine. Great, great transition, Matt, because we, I do want to talk about, uh, women's wrestling and, and there was, um, you know, the WWE on Fox account, uh, which had brought us to the men's Mount Rushmore discussion weeks ago, uh, posted the same question for, for women's wrestling. And I know when we did the men's discussion, we were kind of like spitballing a little bit. What would be our, um, what would be our top four, but we never, we never really laid it out. So, uh, we'll go around, we'll work, we'll work in reverse order. I'll go to Nick first. Um, your female wrestling, I'm not going to just stick to WWE. I'm going to go female women's wrestling. Um, your women's Mount Rushmore, Nick, go ahead. Fabulous Moore, obviously. I mean, she may have gotten a bad rap lately, but, you know, she was the paragon of women's wrestling for an extremely long time. Trish Stratus, Lita. Fourth one's tough. Fourth one is tough. But I'm going to say Wendy Richter. Very good. I was I was curious because you you are older than all of us here in the rest of the group. I was curious to see how how and I'm as as the rest of them shape out. I'm curious to see um if, if any of the the older talent end up there. Uh, Matt, hey, well, who was your who was your first one? Fabulous Moolah. Moolah, okay. Now a lot of people would probably you know are probably yeah I am older than you guys <laughs> no you know far none. But, you know, a lot of people are probably shocked why I didn't say Mae Young. Uh, it was, what do you call it? It was close. You know, I remember when Jim posed this question, you know, on your guy's Facebook page. You know, I sat there and I debated with myself, with myself, in which the voices in my head were talking a lot. You know, between Fabulous Mula, Mae Young, you know, Wendy, you know, Wendy, people get, you know, women's wrestlers I grew up with. I mean, I came close to putting down Sherry Martel's name. I came close to putting down uh, Medusa Michelli slash Lunger Blaze's name. You know, if you want to go Joshi Japanese, I could have put down uh, Bull Nakano's name, if I were, you know, with regards to that. 
There are so many wrestlers that you can pick from. It's completely arbitrary. And on that note, uh, my arbitrary time on the show must come to an end, guys. I'm sorry. I really have to depart. My kids have to uh, go to sleep. Oh, no problem, man. But uh, what do you call I want to thank you guys for allowing me to uh, invade Three Count Thursday <laughs> for a night. Uh, hopefully, I've earned the respect of you four gents to be allowed back in for more guest appearances and stuff like that. And plus the fact me and Jim still have to have another one-on-one down the road. Oh, no doubt. But, but uh, thank you guys. And to all the fans out there, please, if you don't follow them, Three Count Thursday, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Patreon, whatever. These guys are the best. Can't, we'll never say a bad thing about them. Kobe. Jim once in a blue moon. But, you know, <laughs> that's how it always is. All right. All good, man. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, brother. Um, Matt, who who would be your Mount Rushmore female wrestling? Um, So I actually do have Mae Young on mine. Um, I think that's one that's kind of a staple. Um, I have China. I have Trish Stratus. And then my fourth, it was really close. I almost said Steph McMahon. Um, But then when you said, doesn't have to be WWE, I had Give that fourth spot to Gail Kim. Mm, very good. China. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Ah, uh, boy, this one, this one was much, much harder than I than I thought it would be. Um, so my my Mount Rushmore would go uh, Tamina, Eva Marie, Jillian Hall, Sunny, and the Cat. <laughs> so all f- five. I would, I would put five, and they would be made out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Um, they're just uh, Nikki Bella almost made that list if I could fit a sick face up there but uh, you know no it's going to go it's going to go Trish and Lita I think those two set the groundwork for what we look at today um, inside the WWE Uh, and unfortunately all of mine are are WWE related which uh, you know shame on me for for not thinking outside of the box that's that's totally okay right I know I know (laughs) it's it's, it's all on me Uh, I also had China China, um, who did uh, just a ton for women's wrestling, and um, and then I have the the flag bearer of today, the one that will carry the uh, the division long, long into the future, uh, Charlotte Flair. All right, Tim, how about you? So my list starts with Charlotte Flair. Um, I think when it all is said and done, she's going to be the best women's wrestler of all time and then she can be in the conversation for just greatest wrestler uh after that um we're talking specifically women's wrestling right yeah yeah not not anything else sure okay so then my top four after charlotte flair will go with bull nakano we will go with Alundra Blaze slash Medusa. And I will go with. Yeah, I will go. Molly Holly. Oh, solid. Molly Holly. Solid. Um, mine, of course, is Nikki Bella, uh, Natalia, Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella. <laughs> Um, if I had a fifth one, I would go back to Natalia for one more. Uh, no, mine are, um, 
Medusa slash Alunda Brillies, Tristratus, China, China, and Charlotte Flair. Um, f- for me, and it's and it's not to discredit Moolah or May Young, um, but for me, it's it's and I and I think I even kind of took this approach a bit with with the 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 men's Mount Rushmore is. There's more of an impact on me if I if I've watched you wrestle, and I've been part of your career. Um, it was hard for me to leave off Lita. Um, like if you could kind of do like do like a split face for for Trish and Lita because I feel like they go hand in hand um, with each other. Like they like they, you know it was those it was those two and everybody else. <laughs> Um, so it it was, it was hard to leave Lita off this list. Uh, but you know, Trish, um, for me has always kind of stood ahead when I, when I think of that era of, of, of women's wrestling in the WWE. Um, let's see. Yeah. Charlie had said my Mount Rushmore was Natalia four times. Uh, Jason says Sable, Nikki Bella, Mandy Rose, Alexa Bliss. I don't know if that's serious or not. Um, Charlie has May Young, Wendy, Trish, and you can start carving, um, Charlotte into, uh, the mountain. Uh, Nikki has Medusa, Wendy, Bull Nakano, and Sensational Sherry. Um, so, so a couple of interesting responses. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, I, I always look at Sherry as, as a manager, um, you know, like only a manager. And, and, um, so if I'm, if I'm just looking at women's wrestling, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think of sensational Sherry Ryan. Now, Tim, you had said, uh, you had asked a question which would have eliminated, I assume one of the people that you were going to put up there. What, what was your original thought process and who was that person? To me, Sonny should be involved in the conversation at some point. Okay. Um, just for being kind of revolutionizing or not revolutionizing, but like being the first influential woman of wrestling in the new foundation. And only fans. Well, that too. Um, But to be honest, I mean, during the advent of the internet, she is the first woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, without her, I dare say, playboys interested in anyone down the road um like does sable become what sable was without sunny right Uh, my my argument would probably be no like you know yeah you you know it it, i i see i you know jokes aside i see where you're going with uh, with sunny in that discussion um is there is there a woman in your mind that just always gets left out of the equation. Maybe not Mount Rushmore worthy, but was very impactful in, in the formative years or, or anything um, that just doesn't get brought up in this conversation. Um, I have, Jackie, I have one in Ms. mind. Jackie, Miss Jackie. Oh, that's, a, that's a great one. Ryan, who was yours? For, first I mean, black, first black female, real big superstar. Like Jacqueline. She, okay. Jacqueline. 
Not Jackie Gata. I don't. I want to be. I, 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 I thought you meant. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> like from Tough Enough One, Jackie Gata is that? Um, yeah, tough Enough Two. Tough Jackie Enough Gata? Two. Sorry, my Excuse bad. Me. My bad. Uh, Ryan, who is yours? Uh, a Luna Vashon. Nikki had that in the comments. Luna Vashon. A gra- oh, okay. That's a great one. That's a great one. Um, I, I probably would have put a Molly Holly in that group if if Tim okay. hadn't put her on his. Um, you know, because she, she was, I mean, I mean, we, we saw it, uh, you know, when, you know, when she has made her appearances even lately, br- albeit brief, like she's, she's still good. Uh, well, Matt, doubt, did, did anyone say like Beth Phoenix? Uh, no. Good call. I think that even, Beth Phoenix's body of work is too small Yeah, on a main scale. And does it, does it hurt? Does it hurt Beth Phoenix that she was kind of in the Divas era? I don't think so because she was in that she was a part of the Divas era cuz I mean they're going to get a lot of crap but like the Divas era then isn't the same Divas era as like the early 2000s. Melina could work. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Melina could work. Beth worked. But I mean, um, when I, I, Candace I, Michelle came into her own. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, t- I'm definitely not discrediting Beth Phoenix. I'm just saying, like, right. people. I think the no, the, the whole Divas area is the the whole Divas era. I think it's spoiled by what it ended up being at the end. Yeah, you know, and as, as we've discussed at times, like, you know, and and I know Tim, you you've taken a a, a much you know harder stance than a lot of people with AJ Lee. Is you know because a lot of people are like, man, if if AJ Lee could be in the women's division now, it'd be incredible. And you've often argued that would she be? She looked great because of the the division that she was in. Versus you know how you you know was she uh, that great? Jason says uh, Mickey James is, is one yeah, that that could that, be included in the really group. Um, Charlie says Michelle McCool gets overlooked. Melina he says as well. So there's there there is some there's some definite strong names that you know if if you were if you were to build like a a quote unquote lower level of Mount Rushmore that 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 the names are there but it, you know it's no different like when when we were talking about the men's ones like there's there's uh, there's some names that are they're they're gonna they're they're just at the top it's not discrediting those that don't make it it's just there's there's certain ones that are just above and beyond any any other thoughts to this topic i have one i have one more thing i know we're at 10 o'clock but i have one uh, more uh, thing victoria in- was the other name that i thought of real quick who was victoria. Who? oh victoria yep um and even like beyond that like ring announcers commentary stuff like that the, the backstage interviewers um you know there's plenty of people that, that you could throw out there um you know the work that renee young has done um, kind of like being as fluid as she is with you know from backstage to commentary to kind of all over the place um, I don't think it's deserving necessarily of a Mount Rushmore but she is certainly someone that that probably her work gets overlooked yeah yeah 100 percent um and since we're talking about uh, women's wrestling uh, it was announced last night during Dynamite um that AEW there will be a women's tag team tournament this summer known as the Deadly Draw It'll feature eight teams, of course, 16 women. Um, and, you know, the the 
we've discussed at times that AEW's women's division um, could be a lot better, and we'll 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 leave it at that. Uh, for, for you know, not not to totally discredit them, but I, I I looked at their their website today, and their women's roster that's listed on their website has nineteen superstars. Um, those being uh, Abaddon, Ali, Anna J, Awesome Kong, B Priestley, Big Swole, Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker, Emmy Sakura, uh, Sheeta, Chris Statlander, Leva Bates, Mel, Nyla Rose, Pe- Pe- uh, Penelope Ford. I knew I was going to step on that one because of Tim. Uh, Riho, Sadie Gibbs, Shauna, and uh, Yuka Sakazaki. Now, you have injuries. You have people that are not traveling to the the states right now because of COVID. Um, because I know one of the jokes, and I think Charlie may have posted it, was, "Do they even have enough women to make up eight teams?" Realistically, on their listed roster online, on who can compete this summer, the answer is no. <laughs> Now we we had we, you know last night there was a match uh, on on the show that featured two talents that are not on their official roster and and my point was this kind of has a a feel to a you know May Young Classic if you will where you can bring in you know women from all of professional wrestling and feature them you know on on your product whether this is going to be on Dynamite whether it's going to be on Dark whether it's going to be his own. Uh, its own um, presentation altogether that we don't know right now. Um, it's like Charlie says they have the you know he says AEW is the worst women's division in wrestling. Half the girls are in the DL. That, 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 that's why like when they announced it, I'm like there's there's no way you're not bringing in outside talent. But I think it's a great thing. I, you know, like I think it's an opportunity to bring in and feature talent. I, I I'm I'm curious to see some of the details. When's this when's this going to start and and who exactly is going to be involved. Uh, Tim, we'll go to you. Um, I think this is a great idea. I hope it turns into some tag team, some women's tag team titles. Um, but there are some other people that are featured on AEW television that aren't on that roster right. list. I mean, you mentioned Diamante and um, Ivelisse. Yeah, um, solid match also, last night. Yep. Um, but also, Britt Baker's got Rebel or Reba. Yeah. <laughs> um so that i mean you have to remember she's she's a wrestler as well um they also have kong who's not necessarily on the roster but i think i had her on the kong was on the list yeah kong was on their official roster yeah okay um i mean there's there's plenty of different options they can go with um i'm very curious the first in typical AEW fashion, the first team announced is one of the uh, EVPs or kind of pseudo EVPs, Brandy Rhodes. Sure. Um, so it's like they all get the nice things first and then everybody else gets the pickings afterwards. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm definitely intrigued by it. Ryan? Yeah, I think there's enough indie indie wrestlers we're seeing. Um, the TNT Championship kind of getting their toe dipped in with some indie wrestlers with, with Kingston last uh, last night, things like that. Um, you have um, 
uh, Darby Allen's wife, uh, Priscilla Kelly, Matt's favorite wrestler, um, probably <laughs> has something to do, I don't know, on a Wednesday night. So, yeah, I think you can round this out uh, pretty well. Uh, Matt, your your thoughts? Um, give me a reunion of the Academy. Penelope Ford, Maria Manic from the WSU days. Okay. Um, and I will be all in on that. Um, I think we've always said that there's a lot of good talent on AEW. They just seem to be underutilized. And then for whatever reason, just things don't really match up well. Like when we're really excited about certain matches and then they just fall flat. So um, big fan of tag team wrestling now, and we don't see it a ton with, with women. So, you know, anxious to see what this is going to turn into. Um, I mean, you can't botch a tag team division worse than WWE already did. So, don't <laughs> go but up. Um, you know, th- there's a name that I Kobe. that I saw a lot of people bring up um, last night. It was Lefisto. I don't know what the the Canadian border situation is there, um, but if if they can get her uh, in on that, would be awesome. Um, Charlie says they could potentially work with some shimmer talent. Absolutely. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it shapes out. He, Charlie also asked an interesting question. Um, if evolve is truly done, which I mean, by all accounts, it, it appears that it is when they're, um, you know, fire sailing the merchandise, uh, what happens to their talent? Are they just out in the indie world or, or like, you know, if WWE is buying them, does the, does the talent, does talent involve, does anybody have any idea on that? I have no clue. Did Evolve, I don't think they really had a core roster. I know there was a lot of indie talent that, that worked there. So I don't know necessarily who was your quote Evolve roster that would be under contract with Gate. I'm not sure yeah, I no, how I have Evolve no worked idea. enough to know, but uh, I know they were worked other dates with other indies. So I'm not sure if they were ever signed. Yeah, I think they're just all on indies. I don't think anyone had an exclusive contract. Okay, so Charlie, I guess they're they're back out in the wild. Uh, Jason, AEW super fan, Jason says, uh, hopefully they hire a ref that knows the rules for this uh, tag team tournament. So, um, all right, that's gonna do. I I, I got nothing else. We're gonna bump uh, the uh, the 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 big four uh, match discussion again to next week because uh, we ran out of time. That's fine. Um, the uh anybody have anything else before we close it out all right <laughs> ryan your your commitment to chronic is astounding uh matt let people know where they can follow you uh yes i'm on twitter it's at three ct the letter a philly is in philadelphia the number eight so three ct affiliate you have one week until the sixers like play meaningful games so <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Right. So the games that were being played are they like exhibition games right now? Yeah, they're like scrimmages. Okay. I lo- I love the I actually love the uh, the arena setup that the NBA has. Um, Phillies play tomorrow. Tomorrow night. All right. Very very good, Tim. Where can the people follow you? Uh, they can follow me at not the toolman across all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. If you care. Uh-huh. Um, when I'm not podcasting here, I'm podcasting with uh, my best friend Marcus at Final Wrestling Place. You can find us at Final Place Pod. Um, we are covering the boys and girls of summer. 
Uh, so it's wrestlers who have very memorable summer slams. In this uh, this episode, we are talking Bret Hart. Love it. Love it already. Uh, Ryan, where can the people follow you? Uh, whatever. You can follow me. It's R-Y-N, and then the word Eagle, R-Y-N-E-A-G-L-E. That's just on Twitter. Uh, Magnum AFI, that is the... Uh, the Instagram. I should probably have made them the same. I don't know. I'm not good at social media. I don't know. Uh, I'm going on vacation. I'm not going to be here next week, guys. So I appreciate um, all this. Yeah, I forgot to tell everybody. That's my B. Turn I'll down be for what? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm not good at what I do. You're I not. Really do apologize. August the 6th, I'll be back. And I don't know. We'll talk wrestling then, right? Well, I guess. I guess we have no other choice. You better talk to intern Mark and make sure his ass shows up on camera next week. Hershey Park's closed. Why isn't he here today? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Is he just standing outside the gates, like batting at the gates, waiting for tomorrow? Ding, ding, ding. All right. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports, but make sure you follow the show at Three Count Thursday, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to our show as well as the Hot Tag Podcast as well on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, our YouTube channel, and much, much more. Tell you what, just go to threecountthursday.com. You'll find everything as well as our home network, NGSC Sports. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the pin.